friends, welcome to the second episode of the 100 Podcasts, a podcast where we provide support to people in need and to people facing difficult circumstances. I am so thrilled that you found the time to be here with us. And today we ask you to enjoy this podcast as we're going to be discussing something very important, something that many times we don't want to face, but when we are there and we have to face it, having the right information just makes the difference. Today, we're going to be talking about hospice care, which is also the area of my expertise as a hospice chaplain for the past 10 years. I just want to share some insights with you, so stay tuned, get pen and paper, and enjoy this podcast. Welcome to the 100 Podcast one more time. I am your host, Father John Muriel, and today we're going to be exploring a profound aspect of our existence, which is hospice care and the role of spirituality when we approach the end of life journey. A little bit of background about the subject. Uh, my name is John, and I'm an old Catholic priest, and I have worked as a hospice chaplain for the past 10 years. And I just want to give you a little information about hospice. Hospice care is a unique approach to the end of life care, and it focuses on providing comfort and support to the individuals with life-limiting illnesses, as well as their families. While medical treatment aims to cure or manage the disease, hospice care concentrates on enhancing the quality of life for patients and their final days. Now, let's talk about spirituality in the context of hospice care. Many people find solace and comfort in their spirituality beliefs as they approach the end of life. Whether it is through religion, meditation, or personal reflection, spirituality can provide a sense of peace, purpose, and connection during this profound transition. Before moving on, I would like to explain a little something about hospice. Uh, what is it? Again, hospice is a holistic approach to the care of a patient who is facing terminal illnesses. Understand by terminal illnesses, a disease, that, a disease in which doctors estimate that the life expectation is not going to be more than six months. Very often, uh, the most known diagnosis for this is cancer and Parkinson's and things like that, terminal illnesses in which the patient is not expected to live beyond six months period. That is the regulation by Medicare, and that is the expectation of the doctors. Who is no? What is no? Hospice is no an aggressive approach to treatment. Uh, it's not an aggressive search for a cure. When somebody comes into hospice, it's understood that there is no cure to the illness or to the disease available for this patient. And even where they might have been some uh, experimental drugs or procedures, nothing seems to be working in this particular person. The adult failure to thrive 
also makes things complicated and that is when our bodies have begun the process of shutting down and again they do not react to the treatments or to the medications again i'm not a doctor i don't have any medical expertise i'm just giving you general information you take it or leave it but for the purposes of this podcast i just want to clarify something that is very difficult for the families and is to accept the reality accept that there is no medication there is no treatment that will potentially heal my patient you can name it your mother your father your grandpa your grandma somebody in the family who has a terminal diagnosis and this is also devastating these are devastating news because we will do anything to heal this person we will do anything to spend more time with them we will do anything to to prolong their existence and maximize our times with them but we get they get to the point that there is no quality of life they get to the point where they start existing like a vegetable they start existing just laying on bed 24 7 with zero enjoyment zero enjoyment and on the contrary instead of enjoying anything in life everything becomes painful everything becomes an agony imagine being on bed 24 hours a day seven days a week suffering pain and being tired and fatigued maybe nauseated and not be not being able to speak in some cases that is like a purgatory if that is not purgatory i don't know what it is so when we are telling you that the best advice or the best thing you could do for mama or grandpa is to put it on their hospice care it's important to make a distinction it's not that the doctors are telling you just let him die it's not that the doctors are telling you stop wasting money stop wasting your time it's not the doctors telling you uh, we just give up and you need to give up as well and this is very difficult to explain to families especially my people especially my, my, my catholic hispanic families they tend to mistake placing somebody in hospice with giving up on them and nothing can be farther from the truth what happened is we need to understand that everything in life has a process and everyone has a purpose sometimes these patients have already fulfilled their purpose and they are at the end of the journey and they are tired and fatigued and rightfully so and one of the most compassionate things to do is to ensure that every day of their life they enjoy some comfort that they suffer no pain and if they're gonna die that they will pass away with dignity and respect and kindness and compassion and those are the things that a hospice team can provide when you look into hospice from this angle from this perspective you understand that hospice is not that horrible you understand that hospice can be meaningful and beautiful the last thing we want to see is somebody dying on agonizing pain it is better to see them relaxed in a comfortable position 
suffering no pain, perhaps even surrounded by family and loved ones, and passing away with dignity. That is the aim of hospice. I could find articles in internet and read you articles about hospice and explain hospice from different points of view, but this is in a nutshell what hospice is. This is uh, also something that I want to emphasize is who hospice is not for. It is not for the ones who are still trying to find a cure. It's not for those who are still insisting into some different medications, some different treatment. When we reach the point of hospice, it's a reality check that every life has an ending. And if we can manage to provide comfort, peace, dignity, and pain management to somebody at the end of the journey, you understand that this is very human, and this is very kind, and that this is even beautiful. I do believe that the people that work in hospice are very special individuals. It is required to have a big heart. It is required to have a lot of empathy, compassion, and skill. The people that work in hospice can often become angels, believe it or not. So it is also important for you to understand that this is the reality. The reality is that we have no hope of healing and 100% restoration of health, but we can provide comfort, compassion, reassurance, and dignity to the person facing the end of the journey. One of the key aspects of hospice care is addressing the holistic needs of the patient, which includes their spiritual well-being. Hospice teams often include chaplains or spiritual counselors who provide emotional support, other guidance, and facilitate meaningful rituals, ceremonies based on the individual beliefs. There are hundreds of studies that prove that having a spiritual connection makes the hospice care a little bit more manageable to families and to patients. So before we go to um, the team in detail, it is important for you to understand how did you get here. You did not get here by accident. You try everything with your patient, with your loved one, and after many visits to the doctor, after many radiation treatments or chemotherapy treatments, the conclusion has been made that the most beneficial thing is to place that person into hospice care. And I know when you are the next of kin, when you are the one responsible, it is shocking news. It is shocking to, it is shocking to assume the fact that you are going to lose that person. And it's shocking to accept also the responsibility that now falls into you because you will be responsible of providing care for this person. And if you have zero knowledge on medical care, if you have never ventured into nursing or anything like that, it can be scary, it can be very intimidating. So it is important to understand that you don't have to face this alone. And that is when hospice comes into place. Hospice is a team approach. And the beauty of this is that until yesterday, you were the only person assuming all those challenges and all those responsibilities. As today, as the moment as you sign consents for your loved one to be on hospice care, 
you now have a team, a team of amazing people. They do an amazing job. I happen to believe that the people who are devoted to hospice care not only have a job, but a ministry. Hear me out. It can be overwhelming to take care of somebody 24-7. Emotionally, it's super challenging. Spiritually, it will dry you out. And physically, it could be very demanding. Financially, it's a whole different story. Logistically, extremely challenging. There are many plans to make and so many information has been given to you. It is hard to understand where is square number one. Where do I even begin this journey? So accepting hospice not only is going to ensure the best care possible for your loved one, but it's also going to ensure that you don't get bored out. It's also going to ensure that you don't get overwhelmed because now you have a fantastic team of individuals willing to walk this journey with you every step of the way. It is important that you understand your strengths and that you understand your weaknesses. For instance, I've been with families where there are brother and sister taking care of grandma, but uh, the guy is very emotional, so he doesn't handle the taking care of mama, changing her and diapers and all that. Though he is very good with numbers, so he can take control of the financials or the logistics or the plans. And you can identify in your network if there is somebody who will be willing to help you in any aspect according to the area of expertise. But it's important for you to understand the areas in which you could be performing well and those areas in which you definitely will need assistance. And with that being said, we move to the next step, which is understanding your team, meeting your team, and knowing exactly what they can do for you. Thank you if you're still with us in this uh, episode of the 100 podcast. I am your host, Father John Muriel, and today we are talking about hospice care. Now that we have discussed exactly what hospice is, who is for and who is not for, it's important to recognize the team. You have a fantastic team of people whose specialty is to assist people like you and making and making face this difficult journey as in the most peaceful manner. They will provide care, assistance, knowledge. They got skills that are hard to describe in words. It's something very humanistic. And there is something very special inside the heart of anybody who is working with hospice. So the head of the team will be a doctor. The doctor that referred you to hospice or recommend the hospice for your loved one he, in most cases, not always, but in most cases, will be the primary physician. 
that means that they will be following up every step of the care, every step of the procedures. He will be knowing what medications are given, what medications are working. He will be making the necessary adjustment. He will be giving the orders. He will be monitoring because the goal is for the patient in hospice to not deal with unnecessary pain. Pain management is huge. In, it's at the heart of what hospice care is about. Nobody should be dying in pain and agony. And that is exactly goal number one of the hospice team to ensure that there is pain management, that pain is under control. So the doctor with his expertise and with his ability to prescribe medications, he will be making adjustment. And every patient is different. The, the, the plan of care is tailored to the particular needs of this patient. So know that nobody else is out there gambling, making random decisions about grandma or grandpa or your family. It's a professional medical doctor with years and years of experience in providing comfort and care. Now, for this doctor, he has ears and eyes on the field, and those are the nurses. The nurses will be the ones visiting your home and it's important that you grant them access to your house and that you grant them access to the patient. Because as I say before, they are the eyes and the ears of the doctors in the field. They will be collecting this information and referring this information to the doctor. If there is an immediate need, they will do so immediately. Our doctors in any hospice team our doctors are on call 24-7. There will always be a physician who can recommend an adjustment in medication or a new regimen to begin or a regimen to end. They will always have that support and that support is there for you. So I recommend becoming really friendly with your nurse. Your nurse in most cases will be your angel, your guardian angel. Not only will they provide care and medical monitoring and vital signs and things like that, but they also are good source of support for you. You can trust them, not only with medical issues, but also with dynamics, because they will know exactly what is going on in your family, what is going on with the patient. They will know exactly what referral to make. They are the they monitor the team and they know that we got different disciplines between the team and they know that different members of the team could provide different kinds of support. So being open to your nurse, you don't want to lie to your priest, you don't want to lie to your attorney, you also don't want to lie to the nurse. If the medication is working or no, please be transparent with the nurse and if the dynamics are working or not, please be transparent with the nurse. She or he will be an amazing blessing to you if you just let them do their job and if you truly trust them. In addition to the doctor and the registry nurse, we also have social workers. And the role of the social workers is many times misunderstood. Uh, we are under the belief that the social worker is only uh, appropriate when families are facing social um, justices or social difficulties, financial difficulties. But in reality, the social worker is more than that. 
they also have years of experience and they provide multiple services. It could be from supportive listening, it could be empathy, referral to other resources, adjustments to dynamics. Uh, they could also help with planning funeral or funerals or with planning orders like do not resuscitate, financial power of attorneys, medical power of attorneys. They are an amazing resource and they are very often misunderstood. So I hope that if you ever find yourself into that position, you become friend with the team and you trust the team and especially the social worker. There is also another team of the member or another member of this team that is often misunderstood or underrated. And for me, they are the backbone of hospice care and my heart goes to her, uh, oh, to him. And I'm talking about the LVNs, the licensed vocational nurses. These are the people that start working very early in the morning and they work really hard. They will go from house to house, wherever there is a hospice patient. They will make sure that the patient has clean linens they will make sure that the patient has good hygiene. They provide showers, shavings, they wash the hair, they change diapers. They work extremely hard because remember, one of the goals of hospice is to provide the patient dignity and dignity begins with good care, good hygiene habits. It is unbelievable how hard these people work and they drive their own vehicles, and they carry supplies everywhere, and they start working very early in the morning. So it is imperative that you appreciate the work that they are doing. And finally, but not least, every hospice team has to have, by regulation, any kind of spiritual support. And in the hospice environment, they are called chaplains and a chaplain. So the chaplain is there to provide spiritual support to the patient, to the family, to the loved ones, if they need it. In many cases, families are well connected to churches. In many cases, they have a pastor who is also a member of the family or very close to the family. In many cases, families are very traditional with a strong connection to their church and priests have been going to the house and they will provide care. But if there is no one there, because grandma hasn't been in church for the past 10 years, it's very difficult to find a priest or a pastor that will go there when she needs it. So that's when the chaplain from the hospice team comes into play. Sometimes we are there to provide spiritual support to the patient. Sometimes we are there to provide spiritual support to the caregiver or to the next of kin. Sometimes the support is for the entire family. And among the families, there are some that will have better ability to cope, and there are others who will have more challenges. Whatever the case, the chaplain will be available. And this is a ministry. This is something that we love to do. It is Something that happens to me here on, on, on my years of experience is this, uh, chaplain, we don't know if we need you. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? Well, uh, my mom has Parkinson and she can talk. 
she can do nothing. Uh, she's a damn nursing home. Uh, we don't want you to waste your time. And I can't help but think that is so wrong. To assume that somebody doesn't understand because they got Parkinson, or assume that they don't need prayer because they got a disease like that, is so childish. I believe that when we ministry, we do not minister in flesh. We minister in spirit. And if a person has dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson, whatever the case might be, just because they are demented, clinically speaking, it doesn't mean that they don't have a spirit. The spirit is there. Beyond that older person, beyond all those wrinkles and beyond all those contractures, there is still a human being, there is still a human spirit. And the spirit knows when somebody loves and the spirit knows when somebody cares. So let them have the chaplain visit. Do not, under any circumstances, underestimate the power of presence, the power of prayer. It goes beyond what we can describe by words. So basically, this is the entire thing. And also, in addition, in some cases, we use volunteers. And volunteers are great people, too. They don't get paid for what they do, as the word describes, volunteers. But they will come to home and they will help with a couple of cars, maybe running a couple of errands, maybe food prepping, maybe a little bit of organizing, things like that. And they are wonderful people too. So you got an entire team to your disposal. If you are new facing hospice care, I encourage you to meet your team and take advantage of every member of that team. You will discover that you don't have to face this journey alone and you will discover that this is it, it makes a tremendous difference. It will make a tremendous difference in your journey. Again, thank you for listening to this podcast. And Father John, this is the 100 podcast. Today we have discussed about hospice, who is for, who is not for. And we also discussed the team members. And we discussed uh, what every member of the team can do for you. Okay, finally, as we approach the end of our podcast, I just want to close with something. Remember, my people, it is essential to recognize that hospice care is not just for the patient. It is also a source of support for the loved ones. Caregivers often experience significant emotional and physical strain as they navigate the challenges of caregiving. And hospice care provides counseling, practical assistance to help alleviate the burden and promote family well-being. I encourage you to reflect on the importance of hospice care in our society and how it aligns with our values and compassion, dignity and respect for the human experience. 
whether you have personally been touched by hospice or not, might you gain a deeper understanding and appreciation for this essential aspect of the end of life. Father Almighty, we are so grateful for the opportunity of ministering to you people. And we pray that any family dealing with hospice care now receives from you comfort, support, and faith because everything is possible with your guidance, Lord, and with your protection, Lord. We pray that you take care of our caregivers, that they might be strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit and provide beautiful care to their loved ones. And I pray for all the healthcare professionals that you open our hearts that we can see Jesus in every single patient that is suffering. Father, I pray your blessing over every single patient in hospice that they remain comfortable all the time, free of any pain, and at the moment of passing that they pass peacefully into your holy kingdom, where there will be no pain, no tears, and no sorrow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us in the 100 Podcast Show. If you found today's episode insightful, please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also join our page on Facebook, The 100 Podcast. Until next time, take care and remember to cherish the moments that matter most in life. Until next time, God bless you all. Bye-bye.